Tyler Malley this year and Luis Castillo last year are that Spider-Man GIF where they're pointing at each other and realize that they're the same person. That's a smaller part of a larger picture of poor pitching by red starters and the numbers are staggering. Why that has been the biggest factor in the red struggles and why Tyler Naquin, when put in the right spot, can be super valuable to this team. That's all coming up on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside co-host Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We've been covering this team in podcast form for almost five years. It's a long, long time, and we are so glad you are long for the ride. We've taken our passion for this team and for this sport, and we have turned that passion into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to take a look at uh, Tyler Malley. He is struggling so much to get hitters out. Uh, we're also going to take a look uh, at the entire starting rotation and try and figure out what exactly is going on with this team and its rotation. We're also going to talk about Tyler Naquin and why he's better than his overall numbers tell you he is. And Jeff, I think a good spot to dive in will be uh, talking about Tyler Malley and, and, and what exactly it is that's going on with him. Because, you know, when we came into this season, Jeff, we thought, you know, this is going to be a, a one big arm, two big arm battle between Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley. Uh, this is going to be a, a race to see basically which one of those guys pitch themselves out of Cincinnati with uh, their performance on the field and becoming trade bait. And thus far, Far, it's not really turned out that way. Yeah, it almost feels like Tyler Malley might be trying to pitch himself into Cincinnati or to stay here in Cincinnati. I don't know. Maybe Bro he just must really have signed a lease. He must it's have got to sign a lease. A good lease, or you know, maybe he just really likes Skyline Chili. You know, you can't get that too far outside the city. Um, no, I I think that he's going to bounce back. I just I've been very concerned with his struggles, and I'm not gonna lie to you. When I see that Tyler Malley is the probable starter right now, I get a little bit like, ooh, how much do I want to watch this game? He's just struggled so mightily. And it's interesting to note because one of the things I was thinking about as he was just getting shellacked last night by the Cubs lineup, I was thinking about Luis Castillo from last year, because you remember those first two months for Luis Castillo in 2021 were just ridiculously awful. And that's kind of been the way we felt about Tyler Malley. And in fact, Tyler Malley, the way that he has pitched thus far, ERA wise is actually a little bit better than what Luis Castillo did last year. If you look at the two for the months of April and May of 2021, Luis Castillo had an ERA of 7.22. Tyler Malley right now, he's he's going to have one more start here in the month of May because it's going to come this Sunday, but uh, he's got a 6.32 ERA. So he's almost a run better, which really isn't much solace. He's not been very good at all, but 6.32 is still not that way. I, I just, I look at the two and I'm thinking, okay, maybe this means Tyler Malley's resurgence is coming up here soon. 
You know, I have wondered, Jeff, and and this is pure speculation on my point, but you know, we we watch a lot of baseball and we watch a lot of this team. And watching Tyler Malley out of the gate this season, I wonder if he really felt the pressure of being the number one guy. You know, he was not, he didn't come through the offseason uh, being told he was going to be the number one guy. That was Luis Castillo. Tyler Malley was going to be the second big dog in this rotation uh, coming in behind Luis to, to kind of keep the momentum going. And then suddenly with injuries and trades and everything that happened, Season gets here and yo, Tyler, you have to lead not only this pitching staff, but a young pitching staff that doesn't know what they're doing. Tyler Malley is already a guy that doesn't like to be in the spotlight. He's already a, a very private, very internalizing type of, of person and pitcher. So I wonder if some of this is just that, you know, the bright lights are a little too hot. And it's interesting to note, he did not have that opening day struggle like Luis Castillo did last year because his opening day against the Braves down in Atlanta was a pretty good performance. So it's just weird to see how he has kind of struggled through these first two months because something else that I noted, and, and this is very similar for the first two months for Castillo and Mali comparing them last year Castillo had 48 strikeouts to 23 walks this year Tyler Malley has 50 strikeouts to 23 walks exactly the same amount of walks so it's not like you're looking at something and there's a glaring thing like we always say that one of the first things you look at when you're trying to figure out if a pitcher is struggling is his strikeout to walk ratio and those look pretty on brand for Tyler Malley. Those are not things that you're like, okay, there's this glaring thing. There's a huge problem that he has to fix. And there's also something else. I, I think that there's a resurgence coming. I'm going to show you this little graphic here. In case you're not on YouTube right now, what we're looking at is the baseball savant percentile rankings of Tyler Malley. And they're not all blue. All blue is very bad. Now, his walk rate is pretty blue. That's something that Tyler Malley always deals with. But everything else to me, these numbers right here that you're looking at are in the middle of the league and they point a picture. They they point, they paint a picture of a pitcher who is about to turn things around. You know, one thing, Jeff, I, I, I hear you on what you're saying about Tyler Malley's walk rate in that it's not really that far off what he normally does. But I will tell you, you know, our buddy Cam Miller, he loves to, to throw out the walks will haunt uh, riverfront yeah. scoreboard animation. And it is just so true. You know, if, if Tyler Malley could have eliminated 10 of those walks, if he, if he had only a 13, you know, for base on balls, it makes a tremendous difference in the overall numbers and having this Reds team that's already struggling to score runs in a, in a, in a position to, to win more ball games than it has. So I think what we, what we were looking for from Tyler Malley was for him to turn a corner and get consistent and be road Malley all the time. And what actually happened was he turned a corner, he got consistent, but the wrong Mally. We got home Mally for all of the starts. And that is not what we were looking for. You know, we've been waiting patiently for a couple of years now for Tyler Mally to take that next step and put himself into maybe not the elite number one guy conversation, but to be that, oh man, the Reds have a really great number two starter. Like that's what we were looking for from Tyler Mally. And right now, I mean, I don't know that I feel good about him being the fourth or the fifth guy. 
he has not pitched himself into the conversation that we thought he'd be in. No, I, I, cause we were talking about, and, and maybe this was premature, but we were talking about him, maybe putting himself in the Cy Young conversation. He is so far outside mm-hmm. that right now. It's not even funny, but I wonder if a freaky Friday resurgence is coming because that came for Luis Castillo from June on Luis Castillo in 2021 was phenomenal. He was the Lapiedra that we all know and love. I wonder if Tyler Malley can get that kind of resurgence. Now I'm not expecting an ERA in the twos from June on, but an ERA in the threes. Sure. And that is miles better than what we've got from him so far this season. I think that, you know, maybe even coming up this Sunday, I know that the Giants have a nice lineup and they're able to kind of platoon and, and really put strong hitters against pitchers that take advantage of the matchups. But I also think that the Giants are in kind of the middle of a bit of a slump. They've had two different five-game losing streaks in the month of May. So I think this is the chance for Luis Castillo, or sorry, for Tyler Malley. I'm talking about too many pitchers at once here. For Tyler Malley to get right. <laughs> you know, that that Sunday start is, is a great uh, opportunity for Tyler Malley to, to put up a good performance because I would have to think that the San Francisco Giants are going to be a little bit off of their game. That game starts at something like 7 a.m. I don't know what time that game starts. That game is very early in the day. Like the, the Giants might not even go to bed from the night before when they're having to get ready to stretch and, and play this baseball game. Uh, that's part of that new Peacock program of, uh, you know, breakfast baseball or whatever the hell it is they're doing over there. But, you know, for me, there's the other piece of that piggybacks on what I just said a minute ago, Jeff, you know, will Tyler Malley have that June turn a corner like Luis Castillo did? Well, one of the big helping hand factors in that is, is that Luis Castillo is back in the rotation. The pressure has come off a little bit. The Reds are what five games behind the pirates for last place right now. There is not a lot of pressure on these guys right now to 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 not make a mistake uh, let's just put it like that so they got nothing if, to if, lose they, they got, got nothing to lose. lose so if Mali goes out there and tinkers a little bit and tries some different things i don't care just don't walk people if if yeah. if you just let them hit the ball i mean you know i'm not <laughs> saying the defense behind him is going to be great but you know at this point just go out there and groove that's that's what i think his best answer is Tyler Malley may be looking like he is trying to kill his trade value and stay in Cincinnati, but I, I, I believe a turnaround is coming, and it could be this Sunday. You know, Tyler Malley's struggles are a small part of a larger picture of struggles by Red starting pitching, as they lead the league in a lot of problematic things. And if you don't want your hiring to be a problematic thing, use LinkedIn. Create a job for free in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs because as your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Reach a network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people with LinkedIn. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates and find the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview 
and higher. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now MLB because the MLB season is long and Major League Baseball games are much longer than that as well. But we give you 20 minutes or less of an entire game's worth of game, day's worth of games. It's Locked On Now MLB. Just like Locked On Reds, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Also, make sure you're following Locked On Reds on YouTube as well as your favorite podcasting platform. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about whose trade value is the highest right now for the Reds, but also who's most likely to get traded because I think those are different things, and I'll tell you why coming up tomorrow. But Steve, there's a lot of problematic numbers because starting pitching has been the biggest problem for this Reds team after looking like it was going to be its biggest strength in spring training. Oh man, I can't, I can't tell you the number of minutes we spent on the starting rotation being the strength of this team. And then, right. you know, Nick, Nick crawl went out and gutted it a little bit and, and then some injuries happened. And the next thing you know is we're, we're scrambling. And, you know, I was getting loose earlier this week cause I thought I might get a phone call to go take an emergency <laughs> start. You know, right. you know, they're always looking for a left-hander to fill in. So, you know, here we go. So for me, the fact that this team is major league baseball worse in so many categories so is a little, a little mind boggling. I mean, I think the first thing that really just, I want to start at, and I know you, you've put together some great numbers for us to share with the listeners, but the, the one that really just boggles my mind is the team that plays its home games in great American ballpark, <laughs> the, 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 the pop one out capital of major league baseball has a great 39 American small park. <laughs> correct. 39.3% ground ball rate. You know, basically what we're saying is that the ball is getting hit in the air 60% of the time. That is unacceptable in a, for a team that plays at great American Bandbox. You can't do it. <laughs> it just, it cannot happen. And I no. think a lot of these other numbers just snowball right off of there. Yeah. I mean, 60%. And you're talking about like a major league average for home run to fly ball ratio is somewhere, I think it's like around 10% or something like that. And the Reds are actually super high on that. I didn't even put that on the list because that was just, I, I mean, that's mind boggling to me as well. But then when you look at the fact that they are worst in the major leagues with a 6.69 ERA, this is starting pitching. The Reds starting pitching has a 6.69 ERA. They have a 4.4 Walks per nine, 4.44 to be exact. Walks per nine, worst in the major leagues. They give up over one and a half home runs, 1.62 home runs per nine, which is worst in the major leagues. And they're the only team, and, and this is kind of a, a, a bit of a bit of a condemning stat as well, 
is the number of innings pitched by starting pitchers for the Reds is 188 and a third innings. That is third worst. It's not the worst, but it's third worst in Major League Baseball. And as far as the National League is concerned, only the Pirates are worse. And come on, are we really going to say, hey, yay, we're better than the Pirates at something? You know, the <laughs> this team has robbed me of my smack-talking joy, Jeff. I, <laughs> yeah. I came into this season ready to, to give Ethan like smack all season long over in Pittsburgh. I came into this season ready to talk smack at the Cardinals. And like, I, we do these crossovers and I feel like I just want to hide behind my microphone over here and, <laughs> yeah, and, like and not say anything because we're just getting pummeled. <laughs> but you know, you're the thing with these numbers, Jeff, and can you imagine what they would look like if you just remove the starts of Connor Overton? Like, <laughs> you know, without that, miraculous find by this Reds organization, uh, they would be, we would be by far worse in every category by a large margin. Uh, basically, you know, Overton has been the only thing, you know, holding it together at this point. Now he's out. So over the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, this rotation is going to be overhauled again. And I think it's why it's important to talk about it today because, you know, Luis Castillo is back and pitching effectively. Uh, Mike Miner will be returning to this rotation in another week, and we hope pitches like a number four Major League Baseball starter. We kind of what we're expecting from him. Uh, you get that in there, these numbers start to come back down. Hunter Green seems to be figuring it out. And then if and when Nick Lodolo returns, he was on the right path. He was moving the correct direction before that back injury sidelined him. So I don't necessarily think that this is the, the trend that's going to continue, but I will tell you that uh, they really got to do something to get this under control because these numbers are bad. Yeah, this is something that as much as we want to talk about injuries and as much as we want to talk about it, because it's, it's true. I mean, the Reds have dealt with a lot of injuries. They've not pitched well at all, no matter who's on that mound. Overall, collectively, They've been the worst in the major leagues in multiple categories. So for me, that's where the struggles start for this Reds team. And it's interesting to note, I'm not there yet because we're still only talking about two months into the season here, but it's interesting to note, like Derek Johnson's supposed to be like a wizard, right? He's supposed to be like the dude that helps guys figure things out. Is it time to start wondering about that status? Like, I don't know. It still it seems a little bit early to me, but is it time to start questioning Derek Johnson? Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, Derek Johnson is probably the best thing we've got going as far yeah. as as the pitching development coming through this system. And I think that that was pretty evident from my interview with Spencer Stockton down in Dayton. Yes. So, you know, I, I let's 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 bury that right now. Let's not have any of this. You know, do we got to get rid of Derek Johnson talk because. You can't expect that man to, you can't give him a pile of crap and expect him to walk in the room with diamonds. And that's exactly what has happened this season between the trades and the injuries. You know, he probably looks around the room and is asking himself, who are these guys? You know, it, you know I, I imagine it being like some political function where he walks into the pitcher's room and there's some intern over his shoulder going, that's Connor Overton. Connor, how you doing today? You know, like one of those deals because it's different faces in that room every single day. You can't ask him to go out there and put together a quality major league baseball staff with, you know, bubble gum and band-aids and hope that this team's able to perform. It's impossible. 
And, and you know, there's something interesting too. A, a stat that I included that I don't necessarily think is the pitching's fault. I think this is more defense, and we've seen it multiple times. In fact, Tyler Malley did it to himself yesterday with that terrible error. I don't know what he was thinking with that throw. Second error of the season, and that really put together a big inning for the Cubs. But uh, overall, 312 batting average on balls in play against this Reds pitching staff, which is third highest in Major League Baseball. Does that mean that they're getting a little unlucky? Probably, but they're not getting that unlucky because when you look at numbers like XFIP and fielding independent pitching and expected ERA, it's not like they're saying, oh, well, red starters have a 6.69 ERA, but their ERA should really be closer to three. No, they're really saying it's like, oh, it should only be closer to about five and a half. Are we really feeling that much better about this pitching staff if they have a five and a half ERA as opposed to six and a half? No. So I, I think at the end of the day, you're just talking about a team that has put together, at least according to fan graphs, the only starting pitching staff other than the Washington nationals who have been without Steven Strasburg for the entire year and who are actively trying to be terrible and figure things out for the future. They're the only team in the major leagues besides the nationals that have a total wins above replacement for their starting pitchers of less than one. It's like 0.4 according to fan graphs. And that's including the just robust, 0.8 0.8 and 0.4 from Connor Overton and Tyler Malley actually flip those two because according to fan graphs, Tyler Malley has been the best starting pitcher according to war on this team, which I don't know. War is a very strange thing because everybody's got different equations on it. And fan graphs has Malley up top baseball reference has Connor Overton up top, but regardless, the starting pitching staff has been horrible this year. You're not wrong, Jeff. Listen, injuries have played a big factor, you know, early in this season and the struggles that the Reds have had. But, you know, ultimately it comes down to the pitchers being the main suspect in what has been a crime against baseball here in Cincinnati. <laughs> it's it's just been really, really bad. Uh, but look, I've been saying all season long that David Bell hasn't been putting players in the best position to be successful. And Tyler Naquin is no exception to this. Uh, coming up, Jeff and I are going to tell than you think but first make sure you are following us on twitter you can follow me at s offenbaker it's right there on the screen you can follow jeff at jeff Carr. that's jeff with three f's and you can follow the show at locked on reds there is zero f's in that Uh, also make sure you're following us on our youtube channel click the subscribe button if you're watching us there today thank you click subscribe lots of bonus content coming your way first of that dropped this week with my interview with spencer stockton from the dayton dragons hope you've had a chance to watch that if you have not uh, head over to the youtube channel right now and look for the lefty in the bullpen that's me and i've got that interview with spencer stockton so check it out for me i'd really appreciate it all right jeff you know we're gonna have to talk about some of these some of these players on this team that have not been really given the best opportunity to show who they are and not been given, uh, not been put in the best positions to be effective uh, for a major league baseball team. And one of the guys I want to talk about, I'm going to start with Tyler Naquin because when we came into this season, you know, you and I both knew what needed to happen with him in order for him to be a valuable contributor to this team. And that was you run him out there against right-handed pitchers. He plays a decent outfield. He, he does a great job of hitting off of the righties and, and that's where you roll with him. Uh, but that's not what has happened. And I know the injuries have played a part in that, but I think David Bell has failed 
Tyler Naquin in putting him in the right positions. You know, on the season, you know, Naquin's hitting 270 with five home runs and an OPS plus of 117. What that means is, is he's 17% better than the average major leaguer this season. And that's adjusted for park factors and all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, he's 17% better. Now he went three for five last night and hit a home run. Uh, He looks to be a contributor. But when you break down his numbers, Jeff, and you look at what he could be, uh, he's another guy that could be a lot more valuable. Let's let's just look at his righty-lefty splits just in OPS+. plus Against right-handed pitching, his OPS plus jumps up to 152. That makes him 52% better than the average major leaguer when there is a right-handed pitcher on the mound. Now, take those same splits, and if you put a lefty on the mound, his OPS plus plummets, drops down to 69. So he is, well, 30% below average major league baseball player when you put him out there against a left-hander it's criminal to run him out there against a left-hander i don't care who it is you've got on the bench whether we're talking about putting aristides aquino in for him whether we're talking about putting amor jr in for him any of those guys are better against the left-handed pitchers than tyler naquin is going to be then you put Tyler in a position to when he goes out there against a righty, he can mash he's got the confidence that he needs to have and his numbers continue to climb And this isn't like a small sample size type deal where you're just like, well, it's only the first two months. This is when Tyler Naquin has struggled against left-handed pitching. No, it's been his entire career. He has not been a good hitter against left-handed pitching. He falls to the norm that lefties against lefties favors the pitcher. So if you're David Bell, you've just got to roll with that. You got to be like, look, we cannot bat him against left-handed pitching, period, plain and simple, because when he is in against righties, he absolutely mashes, and he's a super valuable part of this team. The San Francisco Giants last year did this every day. They had guys that were really good against righties and really good against lefties, and we will see that again this weekend. They have not stopped the platooning. They built their roster accordingly. Have the Reds built their roster accordingly? No, they haven't. But that also means that David Bell's got to be creative with what he has. He cannot just say, well, Whatever, I guess we just throw out Naquin, you know, see what we do. By the way, if the, if he he really should not throw him against left-handed pitching again because, hey, you get to keep that OPS plus against left-handed pitching all year long. hey But when you look at Tyler er, Naquin as a whole, we've been saying this all along. We've been saying this since he got here. I said this last year whenever he was doing well for the team in April and August. He bats against right-handed pitching. That's it you find somebody else against lefties. And you know, this is, it's not totally isolated to be a Tyler Naquin problem. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Jeff, in that Bell's got to be more strategic. And this is where he can start doing it. Not only with Tyler Naquin, but Mike Moustakas should never face another left-handed pitcher. Colin Moran should never face another left-handed pitcher. Tyler Naquin should never face another left-handed pitcher. And I don't care who it is you run out there. You know, I talked about Almora Jr. I talked about Aristides Aquino for Naquin. If you look at Almora Jr., he only has eight at-bats against a left-handed pitcher. That's that's criminal right now. That Naquin yeah. should not face Face another lefty, put Almora Jr. out there, put Aristides Aquino out there as long as he's on this roster for however long that lasts, because maybe he'll run into one like he did the other day. So there, there are options. So I don't really understand what it is that that Bell is doing when he constructs these lineups, because you know, you and I both can look at it and, and be like, that's not right. And if we can do that, you know, there's got to be other people within the Reds organization that can go and say, you know, hey, Dave. Dave, Dave, 
Dave, I saw your lineup and I was just wondering, uh, what are you doing? You know, someone needs to be doing that. And I don't know who that person is, but someone needs to be doing it. And, and people give the argument, well, there's not really good hitters on this roster. Fine. Go find some. Like, obviously, there's guys coming up through this organization, through the farm system that you don't want to rush. You don't want to pull up before they're ready. I get that. Well, guess what? There's guys like Steven Souza Jr. out on the waiver wire. Is he sexy? No. Is he probably very good in other situations? No. But he can hit lefties. He has a solid split against left-handed pitchers. The Mariners just got rid of him. So bring him in here. Say you're platooning with Tylan Aquin, and you're going to hit against lefties. He's going to hit against righties. End of story. We're not going to play this whole thing because, look, they've done it with Connor Overton. You're going to tell me that Connor Overton was in the ideal offseason plans for any team? No, but he's played well, and the Reds kind of got lucky with him. So go see if you can get lucky with somebody else because if Albert Almora is not the guy, then go find somebody because I'm tired of this well we got this guy on the roster, but he doesn't have any business being in the game. So why is he on the roster? Well, I can tell you this, Jeff. Hashtag free Aleo Lopez can also play a little bit of corner outfield. So if, yeah. if you've got this guy that's hitting, you know, 270 and just begging for opportunity sitting on the bench and is a switch hitter, mind you, um, run him out there when you don't want to put Naquin against a, a left-hander. I, there's, there's, there are so many viable options that it's really a head-scratcher. I can't figure out what the insistence on it is uh, because it goes beyond injury. It goes beyond, oh, we've had some bad luck because there are options. There are alternatives, and he's just not using them. And, and I hate, I, I've gotten to the point where I hate the whole mantra. Well, they've just been unlucky. It just sounds like the terrible, uh, the most terrible cop out. Like, okay. Like the reds had to deal with the shortened spring training. So did everyone else. The reds have had to deal with putting people on the COVID IL. So has everyone else. These are not problems that the reds are the only ones facing. All of Major League Baseball faces these problems, and the Reds have been absolutely piss poor, the worst at dealing with them, and they've got to figure something else out because what they're doing right now isn't working, and if they expect to continue doing what's not working and for it to work at some point, well, that's Einstein's theory of insanity, i.e. the Reds are insane if they think that's going to work. They have to make sure that Tyler Naquin and, and everybody on this roster is in the best position to succeed, or else what are, what are they doing? You know, I think that's probably the big takeaway, Jeff. I think you just hit a home run there. Uh, there is more talent on this team, even with all of the injuries, than is being utilized. And yeah. when the Reds start utilizing it, are we going to make a playoff run? No, but we're certainly not going to be five games back of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, and and it, all, it can all begin today. It can all begin today against the Chicago Cubs as we now go out and hope for a split in this four-game series. The fight for 74 rages on. All right, Steve, that's a good point to end this uh, here podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and for listening and making us your first listen of the day. Now go check out Locked On MLB. Sully's got you covered on all things Major League Baseball, both past and present with his unique perspective. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Tomorrow, we will be talking about trading people which I know everybody's really happy about. But I want to look at who's most likely to get traded as opposed to who is most valuable because I think they are two different things. Thanks again. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow because, I mean, Steve, when it comes to this team, as much as they might 
frustrate us as much as they might annoy us, we still love them. So what's that mean for everybody else? That means I am not waiving my no trade clause unless you're sending me to a winner. And until that time, we are going to be locked on reds every single day. <laughs>